You tuned in to the Kojo Namdi Show on WAMU 88.5. Welcome. Later in the broadcast, crime novelist, screenwriter, and producer George Pelicanos joins us to talk about how the Washington region shaped his career. But first, the nation saw a surge in gun homicides in 2020 as more than 19,000 people lost their lives due to gun violence nationwide. That's nearly a 25% jump from the previous year. The district hit a 15-year peak in gun homicides as city officials declared a state of emergency over the issue last month. With communities and families broken by gun violence, how are local community organizers helping to curb the violence in the region? Joining us now is Latrina Antoine, Editor-in-Chief of DC Witness. Latrina, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. For listeners who may not be familiar with DC Witness, can you explain what your organization does? Sure, um, I'd love to explain. But first off, I, I just want to say thank you for all of your years of service. Um, and I know that in light of your announcement to retire, we we are losing an influential voice and an influential factor in our community. And I just want to say you'll be missed. Um, well, I certainly appreciate that. Thank you very much. And to let you know what DC Witness is, so DC Witness is a news site that focuses on providing transparency of the DC criminal justice system. And we do this by collecting data on homicide cases and other uh, violent felony cases, which include domestic violence and sexual assault. And as we collect data on those cases, we also sit in the uh, court proceedings of those cases to verify that data and also inform the community about what is going on with those cases. Latrina, what has your data found about the spike in gun violence? So our data has found that the spike in gun violence, it's, it's happening very rampant in D.C. and it's really it's happening at a pace where there just isn't there isn't enough data so for uh there isn't enough data out here to mitigate this and with the crisis that has been called by the the mayor's administration and even the appointment of this uh new gun violence uh director which we think are all uh fantastic we still say that there really needs to be a societal approach if we want to really uh, rid the D.C. streets of gun violence. Joining us now is Beverly Smith-Brown, Executive Director of Mama Safe Haven. Beverly Smith-Brown, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Tell us what uh, about Mama Safe Haven and what the, your program does. All right, thank you. I'm Mama Safe Haven. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Um, we're located in Southeast DC. We're actually um, in partnership with the Alliance of Concerned Men. So we're in the same building in Ward 7. Um, and what we do is we provide safe, uh, safe space for those um, affected by trauma and gun violence um, and for them to heal. Um, what we do is we encourage self-love, higher education, and self-employment by offering a support bridge to those in need of resources to get to the next level in their lives. And basically, we um, we provide counseling. We work with grieving mothers as well as the family um, with support groups on Mondays at 7 p.m. via Zoom. We also offer retreats. 
We do um, art therapy. We do meditation. We really do a boots on the ground, just really wrapping our arms around the families um, by creating real relationships to really understand the basic needs of those most affected by gun violence. Have the pandemic and the recession increased violent crime in the communities where you work? Yes, in my opinion. I think just out of, you know, we have so many different um, issues that affects it when you think about um, income. You know, it's a low-income community, so we were already experiencing gun violence um, prior to the pandemic. But, of course, with the loss of jobs and then also mental illness plays a huge uh part in that as well as the way people cope with uh, the things that's happening with drugs. You know, drugs is a big issue. That's also another pandemic that we've been dealing with since the 80s. Um, It's just this drug um, pandemic with um, people not knowing how to cope and self-medicating. So in my opinion, um, all of those factors, as well as, you know, poor education, you know, not not having limited access to healthy foods um, and positive relationships, I think is really important. Also joining us now is Ryan Nickens, founder and president of the Trayron Center. Ryan, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's good to be back with you. Remind our listeners what the Trayron Center is and what the program does. So the Trayron Center um, works with elementary and middle school kids in communities that um, have generationally been impacted by gun violence. Used through an after-school and summer program, we offer art therapy, conflict resolution, um, and anger management skills while teaching our kids um, about Black history because we believe that showing them positive images um, of Black people beyond their block um, helps navigate a different story tells a different narrative of where they can be and where they can go and it helps them change be a part of the change in their community we don't believe that our children have next we believe that they have now because the issues of gun violence and inequity in schooling um, is a p- impacting them right now. So we help to raise their voices and let them lead instead of us just yelling. How did the Trayron Center get its name? The Trayron Center is named in honor of my brother and sister, Tracy and Ronnie. Um, my sister was killed in 1993. My brother, Ronnie, was killed in 1996. Um, and so this is me honoring the memory of my sister and brother uh, and trying to deter gun violence in our city, that there's never another Tracy or Ronnie. Here is Sarah in Silver Spring, Maryland. Sarah, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hi, Kojo. Um, I was just wondering the statistic that you shared, if that included um, police violence. Uh, Latrina, can you answer that question? So... The uh, for 2020, what our data shows is that there have been seven police involved shootings in the city, but those have not resulted in homicides. So that's what we do show. Sarah, is that what you were looking for? Yeah, thank you. Ryan Nickens, what factors do you think are contributing to this rise in gun violence? What are you seeing in your neighborhoods? So the neighborhoods that we we provide services, we're seeing that 
that the everything the mayor said during her press conference, unemployment, poverty, lack of education, poor physical and mental care and housing, affordable housing are the issues. They have been the issues for almost five or six decades um, in poor neighborhoods. And these are the issues that continue to keep gun violence going in these communities. Now, with COVID, um, I think we've seen this rise because children don't have a place to go. It's been this steady focus on the age group of 18 to 35 black and brown males. And we forget that being truly preventative, we have to also reach our children at an early age to redirect some of those things. And so that means having after school programs, summer programs, having positive spaces for them to go. But during COVID, our kids, everything's closed down. Our kids don't have anywhere to go and they are outside. Um, and sometimes free time is the worst time for kids growing up in some of these communities. Um, we got a call from Debbie who can stay on the line who says, just to show it's not exclusive to the district. I live in Greenbelt and very recently mm-hmm. have heard several gunshots right outside of my house go off in rapid succession. I've called the police several times times half the time they don't even show up i guess that too is one of the problems latrina antoine you wrote an op-ed about illegal guns and you said quoting here getting the illegal guns off the streets is appealing but the data shows it will not change very much why not right because we're not by getting these putting programs forth and getting these illegal guns off the street that's great but we're not solving the systemic problem and we're not catching the root of that problem, which is this feeling of self-defense. So more illegal guns are just going to replace the illegal guns that they get off the street because there is this gun prone culture here that is driven by these men feeling that these men and a few women feeling that they need to have guns in order to protect themselves. As a matter of fact, um, what do you think needs to be addressed instead or in addition to illegal guns, Latrina? We need to come forth with a comprehensive plan that not only focuses on illegal guns, but also focuses on bigger systemic issues that are in play that really foster to having those illegal guns. For instance, having resources available. I was a part of, um, I attended a public safety meeting by Council Member White's office yesterday where nonprofit organizations and other members of the community talked about what was actually needed in a comprehensive plan for public safety. And uh, one thing that resonates with my organization that came up was the fact that they don't have data, the data that is needed to then hold um, these agencies and other organizations and other factors accountable so that we can get at the root of the problem. We're missing resources in a lot of these communities. And we're also having to fight a culture in a lot of these communities that we, we just need to know have more information on in order to really effectively get this 
we understand that the mayor has um, put in this new position uh, for the director over gun violence. And we feel that this is a great position. But again, the only way that this position will work is if this uh, person, if the person, the woman in this position can actually have the freedom to look beyond um, gun violence so that we can then solve uh, other parts. Got to take a short break. Got to take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation. I'm Kojo Namdi. DCS Daily. DCS Daily. DCS Daily. It's news, culture, and curiosities. From the district, Tacoma Park, Alexandria, Friendship Heights, Hyattsville, Falls Church, Northeast Washington, D.C., in your inbox every weekday afternoon. DCS Daily. Sign up at dcs.com slash newsletter. dcs.com slash newsletter. Welcome back. We're talking with community organizers responding to a spike in D.C.'s gun violence. Allow me to start with the phones. Here is Jenny in Washington, D.C. Jenny, your turn. Hi. Thanks for uh, bringing me on. I just uh, I wanted to, I had two comments. One was a caller, or I'm not sure if it was a caller or someone there, was referencing mental illness and you know, compensating in drug use. And I think that's sort of a misplaced uh, reason for an increase in homicide, especially touching on mental illness and using drugs as coping mechanisms. Those aren't, those aren't people that are going to be committing uh, homicides in the district. And second of all, um, you know, all of these problems, these systemic problems, have to do with the fact that we are not a state. And right now is the best time for us to stand together and lobby and have a leadership to push for D.C. statehood. We are well, not going to get another. We have a chance well, to do that. And well, Jenny, 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 allow, Jenny, allow me to interrupt for a second. I, am sh- I can assure you that mm-hmm. all of our guests on this show, Latrina Antoine, Beverly Smith-Brown, and Ryan Nichols are all probably in favor of statehood for the District of Columbia. But that's not the political issue we're discussing right now. The issue we're discussing right now is the social upheaval that has led to the gun violence that we are currently dealing with. So thank you for that suggestion. But Beverly Smith-Brown, our caller Jenny, also said that she didn't think that gun violence was was stemming from people who were stressed out mentally. What has been your experience since this pandemic started about people being stressed out or people turning to the use of drugs more? Um, Just to go back to that, um, you know, we have, uh, you know, I'm a native Washingtonian and I grew up in Ward 7 and Ward 8. um, And I have also experienced gun violence. Uh, Two of my nephews were gunned down two weeks apart, separate situations, ages 25 and 26. Um, So we were at the funeral home twice in one month. Um, my sister, only two sons were murdered. And um, I have good friends who lost children and husbands to gun violence. Um, so just thinking about what is going on, it is a serious pandemic that is affecting people mentally 
as it relates mm-hmm. to how they're going to be able to, to provide for their family. So you see more robberies that's happening. You see more domestic violence. So there are a number of um, issues uh, that's, that's, that is leading to gun violence. So it's not just always, you know, they want to think about gang violence and how they can stop that. But there are a lot of people who like domestic violence, again, and, and just... Um, when you think about uh, the, the youth, and, and um, again, when I say about the drug um, pandemic, is because, you know, you have people who have experienced trauma in the womb when, you know, when parents are um, self-medicating. And that has been an issue in D.C., and I know that for a fact, um, being in D.C. and working in um, uh, these low-income communities and family members. So there are people who are self-medicating, and because mm-hmm. of that, the result of it is that they are... Um, it's a mood altering substance. So you have a lot of people who are uh, turning to a gun to solve situations and not knowing how to cope. So then you have people who are arguing and fighting um, because they don't have the coping skills of just being able to um, talk things out or how to, mm-hmm. uh, just like what Ryan said, conflict resolution. So working with the Alliance of Concerned Men, we have a conflict resolution manual and we are training young people as well as families on how to cope and how to deal. And also, um, self-employment, looking into how we can boost the economic um, situations in our communities. So I think, again, uh, for my expertise of being in the community my whole life and also working in the community today um, and having youth and families that we work with, this is a real issue that mental health, I think that it is really one of those things that people are sweeping under the rug um, as it relates to how this pandemic is uh, affecting people. It's really affecting mm-hmm. people's mental health, and that's my uh, personal opinion. Thank you very much. Here is Dem in Arlington, Virginia. Dem, your turn. Good morning, Kojo. How you doing? I'm well. Now, I'm a native D.C. person. I've uh, been shot five times. I made it through the crack era to have a productive life. What I'm having right now so-called productive as a black American. Now, uh, I'm not on this show to sugarcoat. So the the programs that's in place in D.C., I respect that. I, you know, like Cure the Streets and all these other different programs. What it is, it needs to be more people paying attention to the parents of these black kids because if you don't have some type of structure in the household, how do you think that you're going to have structure outside the house? So I done been through all these schools and all these programs growing up all my life. And all they doing is doing the most they can do within they eight or 12 hours. And then they back to their life, which these kids go back to their life where they might be abused. They might be a uh, parents on drugs. You might have parents like the young lady that had to go to work and, uh, uh, and well, pizza hut or whatever. Well, them, let me, let me, them, let me interrupt you for a second. You said you have been shot five times. How did you get over that trauma? Well, you got over the trauma because it's a, it's a part of life. You know, it's kind of like when I look around and I see all of these statues of or we spending money of slave owners, you don't see a lot of statues of her, Tugman, and Frederick Douglass that's uplifting people and holding the word down within the black communities to let them know what they died for and what they struggled and strived for. Like, it's a lack of government awareness on the community. It's not about okay. the people who are in the programs who's doing the best they can. 
I'm glad glad you brought that up because Latrina Antoine CDC data shows that young black men and teens are 20 times more likely to die from gun violence than white males of the same age group. Is that what we're seeing locally also? Yes. Um, we most yeah. of the homicide victims that we are seeing are uh, black males. Uh, most of them young black males and they are, you know, and that, that is what we're seeing that those are the, the people we are seeing being killed in DC due to gun violence. Ryan Nickens, the mayor declared gun violence, a public health crisis. What is your response to that? Uh, I, my response is good. Thank you for the acknowledgement. However, um, what are we going to do about the systemic issues that cause poverty? Because I, I, I agree with Latrina and um, the fact that if we don't address the systemic issues, the structural violence and policies that policies create for black and brown people, we're going to be we're going to be here again next year and in the years to come if we don't um, have a. Uh, we don't look at affordable housing if we don't because D.C. has become one of the most expensive places to live. If we don't look at equity in schools, um, we can tout data all day long, but there are kids who are suffering. And if we don't catch those kids now, um, research shows us that by the time they're in middle school, they're already planning to drop out if they can't read or write. And so what job availability is there other than McDonald's um, fast food restaurants? And that's nothing against anybody who works in a fast food restaurant. But we have to look at what resources, wraparound services there are in our school systems for kids who are failing because some of our kids are failing because of environmental issues like gun violence. It's not that our kids lack the ability to learn. It's all the other stuff they have to deal with at home before they get to school. And after they get home from school, that impedes their progress. So it, it's, it has to be um, a top-down approach top down, top up, all of us in this together. Government alone will not solve gun violence, the gun violence problem in our city. Um, it has to be government community, the faith-based community, community organizations, um, all in to address this issue. Um, so good on the mayor for doing, for, for declaring it a public health um, crisis, um, but we need, we need a full plan, not just I'm afraid that that's about 18. all the time we have. Ryan, well, if Nickens. I could just add one other thing, just we to only got about ten seconds. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> I, I agree with you, but in order to have that that top down approach, we need the data to know where right. uh, mm -hmm. certain initiatives yes. yeah. are needed. Yeah. Thank you all for joining us, Latrina. I'm not retiring fully. I'll still be doing the politics hour, but thank you all. <laughs> anyway, when you come yes. back, George Pelicanos, I'm Kojonam.
Thanks for listening to The Kojo Namdi Show. And if you're already a member of WAMU 88.5, thank you for your support. If not, it's easy to give online at wamu.org. Just click the Donate button, and thanks.